Welcome to the Harbour City Podcast. We are a church in the East African port city of Devon, South Africa. Get to know us better at harbourcity.co.za or at Harbour City DBN on socials. We are currently going through our Celebrating Sunday series and we hope you enjoy this message. This morning's message is keep it sweet and short. Thank you. Amen. We can go home. <laughs> Man, I so wish I was preaching about uh, how Paul raised the dead, but we're not. Um, or even how Paul could preach, the great Paul could preach for so long that he could put someone to sleep and die. Like, I wish that was uh, what our sermon was about this morning, but it, it really isn't. Um, we're starting a new two-part series this morning, and we're talking a bit about Sunday, uh, celebrating Sunday, and uh, we, we essentially want to look at why the church has met on a Sunday for 2,000 years, um, and, and why it's regarded as an important day. Um, and I, I mean, I must admit, I wish Sunday was always an important day to me, I, to, to my own shame, would lie to my mom. Um, I'm an early morning person, so my parents would go to church. I hated going to church when I was in high school for most of it. So, so my parents would go to church, and they would come through, and I'd been awake for like hours, but I would get back in my bed and then pretend that I'd just woken up when they're about to walk out the door and be like, sorry, mom, can't come. Haven't showered, not ready, so tired, hectic night last night. Um, but, but, you know, why is Sunday important? And um, I've got some slides, which hopefully we will get uh, our timing right. Um, but probably some of us will know the story, the movie Chariots of Fire, uh, the story about Eric Liddell and... Uh, and the fact that he wouldn't run the 100-meter sprints, his favorite race, the race that he was uh, due to win at the Olympics. And, uh, and he chose not to run the 100-meter sprints. He ended up running the 400 meters um, and, and getting gold in that. But he chose not to run his favorite race because the heats of that race was on a Sunday. Um, and, and then he didn't run any of the relay races, which he was due to run, the 4x100 and the 4x400. And he didn't run any of those because they fell on a Sunday. And now, 22, we probably think, like, that is absolutely ridiculous. Like, how's this guy giving up because one of the heats that he was due to run in was on a Sunday? And you watch any of the TikToks around Chick-fil-A, um, you got to love how all everyone jokes about how they're not open. On day. So I was watching one this week, and, uh, and the wife says to her husband, like, Chick-fil-A's got a special. Uh, all dads eat for free today. I was so pumped. Gets up, gets changed, out the door, goes, comes back home. He's like, it's a Sunday. Chick-fil-A's not open. You know, uh, and, um, and it's... Never been open. The guy who, who runs Chick-fil-A is a Christian. Uh, every Sunday for 50 years, he's uh, taught Sunday school in the church that he's at and, um, and, and refuses to trade on, on a Sunday. And you do kind of look at that and you go, like, that's crazy. Like, in 2022, as a, as a um, 
fast food chain. It's probably one of the big premier fast food chains in America. You're thinking to not trade on a Sunday. Why? Why would you not do that? And, uh, and I want to look a little bit at this kind of idea and uh, look at this idea of Sunday. Should Sunday be special? Uh, should we regard Sunday as important? Um, should we close our businesses on a Sunday? I'm not going to answer that one for you. But it's an interesting question that is posed when you hear the stories of people like Eric Liddell and Chick-fil-A. Um, and, and the question for us, I guess, is like, should, for our lives, should in our weekly schedule, we make Sunday an important day? Um, and, and we want to look at that over the next two weeks. Um, so, like a Harbor City's the greatest church, stop what you're doing, come to Harbor City. Like, this is not one of those ones. I'm not trying to advocate for us coming to Harbor City on a Sunday. What I am trying to advocate for is whether or not we should regard this day as important. Important. So, you know, the passage in, in Acts 20, uh, often if, if you've got a conspiracy theory family member, um, which some of you do, we've got a couple, um, but one of them is, one of the things you often hear is like, ah, oh, church meeting on Sunday, you know, like Seventh-day Adventist, evil, why do we meet on Sunday? It's the day of the sun, you know. Constantine made uh, Sunday the, the day that we all go to church, and it's the day of the sun and sun worship, and now we just, we're making some sun worship, but Sabbath was on Saturday. And you hear these kind of things. Um, but what we see right at the beginning here, what we see right here, this is Paul, they are having a church service. First day of the week, we came together to break bread. The first day of the week is Sunday. Sabbath was day seven, and that would have been Saturday. So here we've got the church beginning to meet together all the way, right at the beginning. They would meet together on a Sunday. And as you read through Acts, what you, you find, as you read through Acts, you'll see that Paul would often go to the synagogues, and he would speak, and the Christians would meet in the synagogues. So this would be on a Saturday, probably on a Saturday morning. They'd all be in the synagogues. They would all be meeting. They would all be uh, engaging, and it would be Jewish and Christian and all of that. But they couldn't break bread together because that was distinctly Christian. The, the breaking of bread was a distinctly Christian act, the proclamation of Christ. So what they would do is then they would meet together on a Sunday. But it was a Jewish Sunday, so a Jewish Sunday would start on down. Uh, that's when Sunday started, so it would be from sunset to sunrise. It's a kind of Jewish day. Uh, and they would meet in the evening, which is why Paul didn't preach the whole day through into the evening for so long that he killed a young person. Um, so so they, they would meet probably on a Friday night. And they would meet on the Sunday uh, because it was the Lord's Day. If you go and read in uh, Revelation 1 verse 10, John says this, on the Lord's Day, I was in the Spirit. And what does he mean? The Lord's Day was Sunday because it was the day that Jesus rose 
from the dead. It had incredible significance to the church. It had incredible significance because it was the day of the resurrection. So the church met to break bread on the first day of the week because it was the day of the resurrection. It was the Lord's day. What's interesting is in some Latin languages, uh, you know, didn't take on the, the kind of Constantine uh, naming of, of days and, and weeks. So, you know, Saturday is the day of Saturn and Sunday, the day of the sun, uh, etc. But if Portuguese has Sabato as Saturday, which is the day of the Sabbath, and they have Domingo as the Sunday, which is the day of the Lord, uh, um, and Latin, similar, um, they didn't take on that, that kind of naming. They understood in, in, it's the day of the Lord. Sunday is the day of the Lord. It is the day of Jesus' resurrection. And it was the day that the church began to meet. Time is uh, uh, the church slowly started moving their meetings from Saturday evening to Sunday mornings. And they started moving their meetings from Saturday evening to Sunday mornings because the church very quickly started becoming primarily Gentile. And most of the Gentile people in the church were actually either slaves or servants. And so they would actually, part of their, their main part of the job would often be in the evening period where they were cooking the food, doing whatever they had to do. So it was a terrible time for a Gentile church to meet. So they would meet before sunup together and they would meet before uh, the day of Sunday really got into full swing in the church. From about AD 150, you start seeing the shift from Saturday evening into Sunday morning. Um, and you start seeing this importance that Sunday becomes a really important day. Um, and, and then Constantine has an interesting encounter that I guess many people try to decide whether it was political or authentic and then turns Sunday into, uh, uh, and, and because a day of rest gets like um, instituted into society, it allows the church to come with more elaborate kind of meetings, structures, and uh, routines, and liturgies, uh, et cetera, et cetera. But what we see is all the way from the start, this idea of Sunday being really important. It is the day of the Lord. In Revelations, on Lord's Day, I was in the Spirit, um, uh, John, and here, the church meeting together, and isn't it encouraging that sometimes meetings can be that boring, that someone falls asleep? Like, I'm slightly and mildly encouraged by that, because um, I think of Paul, the great Paul, who can uh, write most of the New Testaments, could uh, put someone to sleep in their sermon. Then I think, hey, <laughs> I'm doing okay, you know? Things aren't that bad. Um. But Sunday is important. For 2,000 years, the church has met on a Sunday. What's interesting is that over different parts of history, people have tried to move the day, try to be cool, try to whatever, let's try and meet, 
on a Friday trying this. And somehow, for 2,000 years, the church keeps on coming back to we meet on Sunday. And we meet on Sunday because it has significance. Um, I think it was Arrhenius who said this, Sunday is Easter that happens week after week. That week after week, the church comes to remember Easter. We come to remember the resurrection. We come to remember what is important to us. We come to remember the gospel. The, the early church kind of really thought of Sunday. And I want to go through those three things, and then we'll end off with uh, just one last bit of... So the three things that the church thought about Sunday, is they thought that, number one, it was a day of victory. Number two, it was a day of wonder. Um, And number three, it was a day of hope. And I'll give you a reason why they thought Sunday was those three things. But it was a day of victory because it was the first day of new creation. Obviously, the resurrection of Christ is the dawn of new creation. The resurrection of Christ is the metaphorical light breaking into the darkness of, of new creation. The resurrection of Christ is God's victory over sin and death. The resurrection of Christ is the victory that is coming to completion one day in the return of Christ. 1 Corinthians 15 says, But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made Alive, that the resurrection is not just the day of victory for Jesus, that he conquered death. It's not just the day of victory for Jesus, but we understand it's the day of victory for the church. Christ rose from the dead, and he is the first fruit of us being raised ultimately one day with him. That the church understood that it is a day of victory for us. What's interesting about the early church is that uh, one of the interesting, not allowed to fast on Sunday. Um, So fasting would be reserved for Wednesdays and Fridays, and you would fast on Wednesday because that was the day that Jesus was betrayed, and you would fast on Friday because that was the day that Jesus died, but you do not fast on Sunday because Jesus rose from the dead. We do not mourn the resurrection. We celebrate the resurrection. And so they wouldn't fast, but they would also break bread. We're not breaking bread today. We're going to break bread next week, and we'll talk a little bit about that more. Um, But they would break bread. And, you know, the kind of like religious guys would be like, I can't break bread. I'm fasting. And they would be like, you will break bread. Jesus rose from the dead. Trump card. Boom. Um, But... In, in the teaching of the apostles, this is around 8200, it says this, we eat and celebrate, rejoice and be merry because Christ has risen and he is the first fruits of our 
resurrection. Sunday is a day of celebration. It's a day of victory. It is us remembering the gospel week after week. Easter happens week after week as we come and gather together. As Sunday comes, as we remember the first day of new creation, we remember that Christ has risen. And because he has risen, we too will rise. Christ has conquered sin and death. And because he has conquered sin and death, we ultimately will find victory over sin and death. We remember the victory of God and that that victory is our victory. And so we do not mourn on a Sunday. Um, I think uh, Harbor City, like if I can be honest here, I think Harbor City was really good at being somber. We're not really good at being joyful. Have you noticed sometimes Don's giving it like stick there. He's like going hard at worship and we're like... When is that worship song coming on so we can be somber and deep? We're deep people. <laughs> I, would like to. I sometimes think we, we can think that being somber is connected with being deep. Being joyful is connected with being shallow. Um, but we rejoice on Sunday as being risen. The gospel ultimately is a message of, it is an announcement. It is not a set of rules. So when we come on Sunday, we come to hear, to participate in the announcement of victory. Um, but when I was in primary school, we had these things called like dances, um, which I guess was like primary school, you're trying to be like a matric dance or something. So you would go to this dance, except now you're young. You're like 12. Um, and a dance at 12 is so awkward. So you wouldn't bring anyone and you wouldn't really dress up too much, but you would go to this dance and, and all the guys would be on one side of the hall and all the girls would be on the other. So awkward. And unless you had a lot of courage, you would be in the middle and dancing, you know, with someone... And that person would be like the hero, like, wow, I was like them. But then what you would do is someone would get nominated and they would be the scouts. They would go from your side to the girl's side to go and ask them, Jamie wants to dance with you. Is it a yes or a no? It's doubly awkward if you actually haven't asked the person and now you've got to dance with them, you know, like, but anyway, we hadn't thought that through. But the person would go across the other side and like, Jamie wants to dance with you. And then they would turn around and you would see by their face and like the little thumbs up, whether it was good for you or... <laughs> All that went down like homesick mole, you know, like, so, so you would look and when the person would come back, like, Oh my, celebration, excitement, like rejoicing. And the reason why you would celebrate is because they come back with good news. That is what the gospel is. The gospel is the announcement. It is the proclamation. It is the celebration that we come together here week after week because we have good news. The victory has been won. As he has risen, we will have 
victory in him. Sunday is a day of victory. It's coming week after week to remind ourselves of Easter, to remind ourselves that the gospel isn't about an event that has happened and the good news of that fact. You and I are here today because Jesus was victorious. And we are having the party, the victory party of the constant parade until one day Christ will return. The second thing is that the Sunday was regarded as a day of wonder. It was regarded as a day of wonder. So Jesus rose on the first day and... Uh, you know, it was regarded as significant in the early church that Jesus rose on the first day of creation. That the first, that day one of new creation landed on day one of creation. That day one of Christ coming in, of Christ rising in the world, of the light breaking into the darkness, uh, figurative through Christ's resurrection, was the first day that the light broke into the darkness in creation. And so the early church believed that there was a connection between victory and wonder, between new creation and creation, and that the church would come to celebrate and have victory, but they wouldn't Sabbath like the Jews did. Um, and in fact, in one point, and I, I guess in some ways that um, uh, these guys were a little bit harsh. I sometimes wonder whether they got the gospel themselves. But in one of the early church writings, they wanted to excommunicate people because they were Sabbathing like the Jews. And they said, your Sabbathing is filled with legalism. Um, and they were saying, we as Christians, we don't Sabbath like the Jews. We celebrate and we enjoy creation, wonder. Christ is risen on the first day. So on the first day, the day of creation, the day of God beginning to provide everything for us, we are going to enjoy creation. They would regard it as a day of wonder. So on Sunday, we would eat, we would we would enjoy outside. They would get on with things. They would enjoy family. They would enjoy people. They would enjoy provision. They would be thankful. It was a day when they would be thankful for everything God has given them, everything that they have, be thankful for, for, for both their provision and for the world and everything. It would be a day of wonder. A day of appreciating, not just that God has started the first, the new creation work, but that we are here participating in the first creation work. And so, so Sunday would be a day to stop and to appreciate. What's interesting is one of the, um, one of the emperors after. Um, after Constantine, in about 420 AD, he institutes uh, into law Sunday, on the day of Sunday, all prisons across the whole empire would have to take stock and see whether they were exploiting their people in the prisons. Uh, he institutes it into law. And why? Because he begins to get the Christian influence at this point has grown so rapidly and so significant that 
the stay of wonder, the stay of stopping, the stay of enjoying, the stay of preventing us from exploiting people over and over again. The church would stop, take stock, enjoy, realize that everything we have is a gift from God. Uh, They would stop. And so the emperor begins to institute into their empire, hey, prisons on a Sunday. I don't know what they did for the other six days, but on a Sunday, they would have to stop and take stock and make sure that they weren't exploiting. They would have to look at the conditions of things because Sunday is a day of wonder. It's a day of appreciation. It's a day of thankfulness. It's a day of realizing everything that we have is a gift. Um, I don't know what to do on Sunday. Um, but I think my hope is that Sunday doesn't just degenerate into endless day in our week. It becomes an intentional day in which we learn to celebrate, learn to appreciate victory, and learn to have wonder. The final point is that it's a day of hope. Or it is what some of the early church theologians called the eighth. Augustine in his book, The City of God, says this, the seventh age will be our Sabbath, which will have no sunset, which will come on the Lord's day, the eighth day, the eternal day, consecrated by the resurrection of Christ and which prefigures the eternal rest, not only of the spirit, but also of see, see and love, love and praise, and behold the essence of the endless day. When the church gathered, they didn't just see it as victory, and they didn't just see it as wonder, they saw it as hope. When we gather on Sunday, it's not just the first day of new creation, it is the eighth day, the final day, the day we will enter where there will be no more sunsets because the sun will be the glory radiating from us to remind ourselves that there is hope which we long for. There is hope which we have that Christ is going to make everything that is wrong right. The church in the midst of chaos, in the midst of difficulty, in the midst of challenges, in the midst of uh, things going wrong. I don't know about you, but sometimes life just feels like it's an upward battle or life feels like you're swimming through peanut butter at times. You're like, yo, it is hard. It's difficult. You're like, can anything more go wrong? Sunday would be a day of hope. It would be the constant reminder week after week the eighth day has come not just the first day of creation the eighth day the day that we are waiting for is coming and when we meet on Sunday it's to remind ourselves that the eighth day is coming that one day because Christ rose from the dead one day we too will rise into an eternal rest into a a time when be conquered. Tree. It's a day. This cyclical liturgy, this weekly liturgy 
after Sunday after Sunday is like an Easter reminder happening every seven days of the week. Christ has risen, and because he has, everything is different. Help us as we try and consider Sunday. Uh, the three words that I've got is, number one, resist. You know, liturgy, to allowing everything to just become ordinary. Liturgy is the church's resistance to allowing our lives just to blur into nothingness. Why do we meet on Sunday week after week? Why would the church do things over and over? Why every year do we celebrate Easter? Why is this liturgical pattern built into the life of the church? It's to resist the tide of culture pushing against us to try and make every part of our lives ordinary. What we do on Sunday as we regard it as sacred in some sense, as we regard it as important, as we regard it as the Lord's day, what we are doing is we're resisting the tide of culture, which is pushing us to make Sunday another work day, to make Sunday another day of busyness, to make Sunday another day of selfishness, to make Sunday all about us and stuff and chaos and confusion. What liturgy does is it resists that tide. It pushes against it. It's the church saying over and over and over and over that some things are meaningful. Some things are important. I come from a charismatic tradition. Liturgy is like the curse word. You know, in a charismatic church, we would still sing three songs, do a little prophetic word at the end, give notices and a 30-minute sermon. But don't call it liturgy, because that's anathema. Um, but, but we kind of like see this idea of liturgy as unimportant, but built into the church. Sunday after Sunday, year after year, there would be this liturgical process in the life of the church that is there to prevent us from allowing what is sacred and holy and important degenerating into meaninglessness. And thus seeking for us to just allow time and space and values and all of that to degenerate into ordinariness. We participate. We don't just resist. We participate just on liturgy. Next week, we're going to talk a little bit about liturgy um, in, in depth. So our second part is going to be about liturgy. The, the things that we do, do something to us. Um, and we'll try and talk a bit about that. The second thing we do is we participate. They came to break bread. They came to be together. They came to hear the... The word, as you, we read in Acts 20, we come to be part of something. We participate in community. Um, we'll break bread next week, and we probably should as a church be breaking bread far more regularly. Um, so we'll look into that. Um, but part of Sunday is to participate in community, to be part of community, to be part of the people of 
God. They would come and be together. They would break bread. They would pray. They would hear the apostles' teaching and eat together. They would enjoy community life as the the people of God, of the resurrected Christ. Um, I think part of what happens that makes Sunday important is that we come together. This is not to try and get you all to come to Harbor City regularly. But I do believe that there is something important, something important with Sunday and participating in both. Finally, what we do is we worship. We, we've done that. Uh, we've sung songs. But our worship is is not just the singing of songs. It's the adjusting of our lives for the glory of God. It is the shaping of who we are, uh, the changing, the changing of even the attitudes of our heart to be directed towards the glory of God. We come to give God glory. We come to give God glory in song, in word, in deed, we come give God glory. What happens, I don't know if you've noticed this, but what happens so easily is day after day during the week, it's so easy just to get caught up. Life is busy, it's so hectic, we have kids, they're noisy, want your attention. You just want to be like calm and spiritual and stuff. You know, you're just like, I just want my day to be about Jesus, pray, and then like life happens, and then it happens the next day, and then the next day, and the week's ended, and you're like frazzled. What happens on Sunday is we come to worship. The week has come along, and I think sometimes what it does is it shifts our direction. It shifts our gaze. We just get caught up with things. Sunday would be this weekly moment of stopping and remembering that in this life, the one that we are living for is Christ. I think what I hope for us as a church is that Sunday would not be a day that we allow just to degenerate into just being another day of the weekend, another day of just deciding whether or not we're going to come to church or not, another day of just deciding whether or not, you know, we're going to do this religious thing or not. I hope what Sunday will be is it will be our resistance against the tide of culture. It will be our participation in the community of God, and it will be our worship to Christ, the resurrected one. Can I pray? Sunday, thank you that in your wisdom, there's a day of the week that your people would gather, stop, think, worship. That in your wisdom, there's these moments, these, these, we would come together and just, be refocused, re-energized, be stirred, engage. You've made that happen week after week, that your church for 2,000 years has gathered together Sunday. And I pray for all of us, Lord. I pray that we would resist.
the tide of culture, the, the ordinary, everything equal in some sense, uh, instead of engaging. And so I thank you for Sunday. I thank you for Harbor City. I thank you for this community. I thank you for us being here. And I pray, Lord, that you would help us as we go into the week because of what happens today, not just to allow the week to overwhelm us, but to um, be filled with wonder and worship and victory because of your resurrection. That you would help us in one sense, as, as I've heard the phrase before, to rescue Sunday, to rescue Sunday from meaninglessness um, so that together we can be the people of God celebrating the first day of new creation. Christ has risen. Uh, you are Lord. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, guys. It's really good to see you all. Hope you have a good rest of the day. Hope it involves some wonder. So whether it's a great meal or having fun or just enjoying the people you're with, hope you have a good Sunday. See you next Sunday. Go and find your calendars. Book the dates out, 12th to the 14th of August. Bless you all.